Hey friends, I'm Elena Davis, your integrative health coach, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the Health Forward podcast where each week we will be talking about different things that move us forward toward a healthier and more fulfilling life. Thanks so much for listening in. Hey friends, welcome back to part three of the month-long series on the top four reasons women struggle to lose weight. In today's episode, we are focusing on underlying health conditions that could be sabotaging your weight loss efforts. There are several conditions that can do this, but in order to keep today's episode from being super long, I'm just going to focus on two conditions that many people deal with and often aren't even aware that they're having an issue. The first one is poor gut health. A healthy gut is the foundation of overall health. Hippocrates, who's known as the father of medicine, said that all disease begins in the gut. This topic is becoming more and more discussed and studied in the medical field, but a lot of people still just think of the gut as the stomach or the place where their food goes when they eat or the place they would like to lose a few inches, but it's so much more. So many functions of our body are dependent on what happens in our gut. So what exactly do I mean when I'm talking about the gut or gut health? Let's do a quick recap of the anatomy of our digestive tract and why it's relevant to our overall health. When someone refers to the gut, they're referring to the digestive tract as a whole. This starts in the mouth where you chew your food and then includes the esophagus, the stomach, and both the small and large intestines. When we talk about gut health, usually that's in reference to the microbiome, which is the ecosystem of bacteria, viruses, and fungi that live inside of our bodies. It's estimated that the average adult has trillions of these microbes living on our skin and in our digestive tract. As a matter of fact, there are more bacteria cells in us than human cells. Isn't that crazy? What's more is that there are estimated to be up to a thousand different species of bacteria in our gut microbiome, and each plays a different role in our bodies. Some of these gut bugs are good guys and are vital to our health. They help us do things like absorb nutrients, make and regulate hormones, and produce neurotransmitters, for example, serotonin, which we know as the antidepressant neurotransmitter. They are also vital to immune function, regulating blood sugar balance, increasing healthy cholesterol levels, and keeping our skin clear and healthy. The microbiome is amazing, but when this ecosystem gets out of balance and there are more bad bacteria than good bacteria, which is known as dysbiosis, it can cause a lot of health issues, including making it very difficult to lose weight. Another common issue with gut health is increased intestinal permeability, also known as leaky gut. Our intestines are naturally semi-permeable, which allows tiny micronutrients to pass through and into our bloodstream, which is how we absorb the nutrients from our food. However, certain external factors like unhealthy foods, infections, toxins, and stress can break apart those tight junctions in the intestinal wall, and that causes leaky gut. This allows things that were never meant to get through the intestinal wall, like toxins, microbes, or undigested food particles to escape into our bloodstream. Our immune system then marks those as foreign invaders and attacks them, creating an inflammatory state in our bodies. 
The combination of imbalanced gut flora and a leaky gut causes an array of symptoms and an overload of inflammation, most of which also make weight loss more difficult. So what can we do to keep our microbiomes balanced and healthy? As I mentioned before, this is a complex issue, and if you're having severe symptoms, I highly suggest you work with a professional one-on-one, but here are just a few tips to improve gut health overall. One, remove irritating or inflammatory foods from your diet. We've talked a lot about these in the past couple episodes, so I'm not going to list them all out. But for sure, this includes things like processed junk foods or foods with added sugar or artificial ingredients, trans fats, and for some people, gluten and dairy. Number two, add fiber to your diet. Most of us are not even getting close to the recommended amount of fiber per day, which is at least 25 to 30 grams. An easy way to do this is to fill half of your plate with high fiber veggies like dark leafy greens, broccoli and cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, and asparagus. Also, apples and berries are great fruits to add in for some extra fiber without raising your blood sugar levels too much. The third tip is to chew your food well. It's recommended that we chew around 25 to 30 times per bite. Now that's a lot. But properly chewing helps to kickstart the digestion process before the food ever gets to our stomachs, which will really support the nutrient absorption process. Number four is repair your intestinal wall. If you feel pretty sure that you have leaky gut, which by the way, a lot of us do, you need to help your intestinal wall become strong again. A great way to do this is by drinking bone broth, either chicken or beef from a quality source. I usually recommend that my clients start out drinking one to two cups per day. One of the great things about bone broth is that it contains many different amino acids from the bones, including gelatin, glycine, and glutamine. Each of these helps to strengthen and rebuild the mucosal layer of the intestines, which will help to reduce permeability. Bone broth has also been shown to reduce inflammation in the body, which will help to heal the gut more quickly. You can make your own bone broth at home, or there are a few great companies out there that make really high quality bone broth. I suggest not using the regular stuff you get at Kroger or Trader Joe's for therapeutic use. It's great to use for cooking, but the gelatin content is lower, which is not what you want when you're trying to repair. I've included a link for a recipe for my favorite homemade bone broth, also a link to my favorite store-bought brand in the show notes. Okay, number five is rebuild your microbiome. Taking quality probiotics will help to replenish the good bacteria in your gut, which will help keep the bad guys in check. Here are a few things to look for when choosing a brand of probiotics. It should have multiple strains of bacteria, not just one, and it should contain at least 20 billion CFUs for a regular adult dosage. This dose will need to be higher if you're treating something like leaky gut or IBS, but for the regular maintenance dose, 20 billion or a little more should be good. Ideally, it's best to take probiotics at the beginning of a meal, which will help them survive the stomach acid and make their way to the intestines. 
There are specific types of probiotics like spore or soil-based as well as live and raw probiotics that have a lower CFU count, which is fine. They're sourced differently, so they don't have as difficult of a time getting to the intestines as a normal probiotic. So you don't have to worry so much about the CFU count or taking them at a specific time. Do be sure to rotate the types of probiotics you take, meaning the combinations of the strains of bacteria in it, about every three to four months to ensure that you're keeping a good balance of bacteria in your gut. I'm going to link a few of my favorite brands in the show notes as well. Okay, moving on to the next condition, hormone imbalance. Hormone imbalance can make it feel impossible for you to lose weight. It can wreak havoc on our physical and mental health, but often it has been going on for so long before the symptoms get bad enough for us to even notice. We explain away things like chronic fatigue or recurring headaches, anxiety or depression, in that stubborn weight around the waist that just won't leave. We explain that away as a normal part of life, but what if it's not? Everyone has hormonal fluctuations and most will experience an imbalance at some point in their lives, but when it becomes chronic or the new normal, and especially when you're not aware of it, it can become detrimental to your health. There are three hormones that I want to talk about in this episode that are major players when it comes to our health thyroid hormones, insulin, and cortisol. Most of the time when people talk about hormones or hormone imbalance, they're referring to reproductive hormones like estrogen, testosterone, and progesterone, which are what some people call downstream hormones. While they are all important, they aren't ever going to be balanced if we don't get these other three balanced first. The thyroid produces T3 and T4, both thyroid hormones that affect the metabolism in every single cell of the body. A well-functioning thyroid is critical to a well-functioning body. It regulates so many things, including overall metabolism, which means if your thyroid is out of whack, it's extremely difficult to control your weight. When the thyroid hormones are imbalanced, this can lead to either hypothyroidism, which is when your thyroid is producing too little thyroid hormone, or hyperthyroidism, which is when the thyroid is producing too much. Hypothyroidism, or a sluggish thyroid, is more common in the U.S. than hyperthyroidism. Symptoms of hypothyroidism include fatigue, weight gain, or inability to lose weight, puffiness around the face, sensitivity to cold, dry skin, and hair thinning, irregular periods, and depression. If you can relate to these symptoms, it is so important for you to work with your physician to begin to restore balance to your thyroid. It's important to ask for a full thyroid panel, including a check of your thyroid antibodies, as well as T3 and T4 levels, not just TSH to ensure that you have the right diagnosis and you can treat the root cause. Also, for the mamas and mamas-to-be out there, it's a great idea to have your thyroid checked before trying to conceive as thyroid health can affect your fertility and the health of your pregnancy. You should also have it rechecked in the postpartum phase as pregnancy can alter those hormones and it can be common to have an imbalance during that time. This can really make things like postpartum anxiety or depression much worse, so it's not something to ignore. The next hormone I want to talk about also has a huge impact on just about everything in the body, and that's insulin. 
Insulin is a hormone secreted by the pancreas to help your cells use the glucose in your blood and to stabilize blood sugar levels. When blood glucose levels are elevated on a regular basis, often due to inflammation from any number of things, including diet and stress, the pancreas has to secrete an increased amount of insulin and repeatedly. If this becomes a chronic or recurring thing, the insulin receptors on our cells become desensitized to the insulin, meaning that they can no longer trigger the cells to metabolize the glucose in your blood. This is what's known as insulin resistance. This creates both elevated levels of glucose and insulin in the blood and when left untreated will lead to type 2 diabetes. It can also lead to metabolic syndrome, cardiovascular disease, and hormonal diseases like PCOS. The last hormone I want to cover today is cortisol. If you remember in episode two, I talked about cortisol and how it's the main stress hormone produced by the adrenal glands and how it affects pretty much every other cell in the body. These effects include controlling the body's blood sugar levels, which means it affects the insulin that we just talked about. It acts as an anti-inflammatory, influences memory formation and blood pressure, just to name a few. Just like in the case of insulin, while it's an essential hormone, too much for too long leads to dysfunction in our bodies. Also, just like insulin, our cells have receptors on them for cortisol, and if our cells become desensitized to it due to too much exposure, inflammation levels in our bodies will actually increase instead of decrease. This leads to things like adrenal fatigue, a sluggish metabolism, reduced immune function, and a cascade of other Im- hormonal imbalances. If you're living in chronic stress, your body is continually producing cortisol, which means it is not metabolizing properly. It's also not resting properly, and you can bet that your hormone imbalance is just going to get worse. Common symptoms of having elevated levels of cortisol in the body are being tired and wired, so being so exhausted but not able to go to sleep, weight gain, especially around your midsection, acne, amenorrhea or irregular cycles, insulin resistance, brain fog, anxiety, and depression. Okay, so what should you do if you relate to any of these hormonal imbalances that I've just mentioned? First thing is to work with a physician you trust and you feel has the desire and the time to really help you explore what may be going on in your body. Labs are a good place to start, especially for checking the thyroid and insulin. Finding and treating the root cause is the most important step to restoring balance to your hormones. In addition, here are a few other things you can do to nourish your body and support your hormones. First, take care of your gut health. Your gut helps you make hormones as well as get rid of any excess hormones that you no longer need. So all of those things that we mentioned just a minute ago with talking about gut health, those will all help to support your hormones as well. Next, give your liver some love. Your liver not only helps filter out toxins from your body, but excess hormones too. And it can't do that if it's sluggish and bogged down. Doing things like drinking a lot of water, reducing your toxin intake, eating more fiber, those can all help give your liver a little boost. The next one is to follow an anti-inflammatory diet. So everything I just mentioned when talking about eating for gut health applies here as well. Like I said, 
what is good for your gut is good for your hormones too. The fourth is work hard at reducing stress. I know we've talked about this before, but it bears mentioning again. A few ideas are things like setting boundaries, creating margin in your time, creating self-care rituals, moving your body for about 30 minutes a day by doing something that you really enjoy, practice deep breathing. So that would be like um, four seconds in, holding your breath for four seconds, and then breathing out for four seconds. Doing a simple exercise like that really helps to create a sense of calm in your body and can move you out of the fight and flight to into rest and digest, which is where we need to be. And then the fifth thing is get more sleep. Also something we've talked about a lot, but it is so important. The recommended amount is seven to nine hours every night. So make this a priority. If you need more sleep tips, refer back to episode two. I know that today's episode has been full of a lot of information, so feel free to go back and listen to it again. Maybe take notes if you feel like you need to. My goal is not to overwhelm you with information, but to help you have the knowledge and understanding of how your body is designed to function and what might be interfering in that process. Your health is one of your greatest gifts and assets in this life, so please give it the time and attention that it deserves. As always, if you have questions, please feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook by searching the handle at your health forward. If you want to take the next step in getting more support on your health journey, there are still a few spots left in my fall group coaching program. Visit the link in the show notes to find out more or to sign up. Just make sure you do it by September 1st. Guys, thank you so much for being here and for taking the time to listen. If you are enjoying and learning anything from these episodes, I would be so thankful if you would leave a review on iTunes. And thank you so much to those of you who already have. You guys are the best. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and I will see you back here next week. Please remember that the content in this episode is not to be considered as medical advice and is only intended as general health information. Thanks so much for listening in today. See you back here next week for another episode of the Health Forward Podcast.